morning. Happy Fry, yay, and welcome to the Your Harrogate podcast, sponsored by Hacks. And have you got exciting plans? I mean, here's the thing about life now. It's actually worth asking your friends and your work colleagues the question, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Because you actually might be doing stuff. You might be seeing people and you might be going places. We've got the return of the Artisan Market in Ripon on Bank Holiday Monday and, of course, the football on Monday. It's a five o'clock kickoff, Harrogate Town. We've got a special programme on your Harrogate, by the way, to keep you posted on the football if you're listening. Five o'clock, Monday afternoon, FA Trophy final. And you know, yesterday we were talking to Wayne from the Cedar Court. They've got match day hospitality and the game on the big screen in the TP, which is seriously cool. So good luck to Simon Weaver and John Stead and all of the Harrogate Town players and their families and obviously all of the fans as well for Monday. I hope we're going to be celebrating on Monday evening. Meanwhile, back to today on the podcast. And we've got a very special guest today. And, do you know, we're talking about a subject that we don't talk about often enough. We actually don't feel comfortable talking about this subject, I think. What happens when we die? And, and what should happen to us? What do we want to happen to us? Well, Harrogate celebrant, humanist celebrant, Rachel Mayer is our special guest today. And we're talking weddings and funerals and things that maybe you never thought you could have at your wedding and your funeral. So here comes Rachel. So, Rachel... First of all, tell us what is a humanist celebrant and what do you do? A humanist celebrant conducts all kinds of celebratory ceremonies, mainly weddings, funerals and namings, but they can be any ceremony at all that anybody wants to celebrate a life-changing moment. And whereabouts can these take place in, in Harrogate, for example? Humanist ceremonies can take place anywhere. Um, if I talk about weddings, uh, we don't currently have legal recognition for our weddings, uh, which is something that's uh, hopefully going to change soon. But the plus side of that at the moment means that they can be held anywhere. So we don't need a licensed venue for weddings. They can be held in gardens. They can be held in village halls. Uh, they can be held in hotel gardens. We don't need a pagoda, for instance, uh, because we don't need a licensed structure. So they can be really held anywhere you want. And so thinking about people making plans for weddings and maybe people who've had disruption to their wedding plans, maybe more than once as well during all of all of the last 15 months of ups and downs of COVID, this is something that's, that's a real genuine option for people who don't want the religious and obviously thinking for a lot of people that means a Christian service people who don't want that this has become maybe something that they've never thought of before but a real viable option for them sure yeah there's a there's a few really good reasons actually to have a humanist uh, wedding or a funeral um, or a naming ceremony um, they're not religious we don't include religion in our ceremonies so that means that everybody feels included. Uh, we know that we live in a very diverse population here in the UK and it's amazing that we have so many representations of different cultures and backgrounds and religious beliefs and spiritual beliefs and, um, you know, whatever. And we celebrate that fact and we don't expect that everybody believes what we believe. We encourage everyone to believe what they want. Um, and so we deliver a ceremony 
that makes everybody feel included. Nobody feels excluded because there is no religion at all. Um, there's another lot of very good reasons to have a, a humanist ceremony for weddings which have been postponed or cancelled during the last 15 months or so. Quite a few couples have already done the legal part of their ceremony with a couple of witnesses, with a registrar. Um, so I have got really, really full books at the moment with couples who are having vow renewals. Uh, they're having their, they've postponed their big wedding day to this year or next year, and they're having the big party. They're wearing their wedding dress again for the second time. You know, they're really making the most of it and having the big party with a humanist ceremony that is celebratory. We're redoing the vows, but it's a much more personal, meaningful ceremony, and you can have a little bit of fun with it as well. Yeah, and that is one of the consequences. One of the one of the things that's happened where people are are legally married. But the, the party side or the, the fun side has has been put on hold. So it's almost like getting married in instalments, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's been really tough for all couples who have been planning their weddings. I mean, I've I've had couples who've postponed three or four times. So, you know, it's been an admin nightmare. Well, it's very emotional, year. that, isn't it, as well? And I can imagine, I can imagine, thinking back to my own wedding, I can imagine it's just pressure. It's almost the pressure you put on yourselves to keep everybody happy because there's a lot of people who you want to please, aren't there, with a, with a wedding? Yeah, it's really hard because a, a lot of couples have got family and friends who are coming in from various different points of the country. They've got people coming in from abroad. They're, look, they're not only looking at their own day, but they might have sisters or, or aunties or, or people who are very dear to them who are relying on whether or not they'll be able to allow flights in for their wedding. So there's a lot to think about. The suppliers who they've booked are all in the same situation. It's been a you know really bad year for people in the wedding industry, um, a lot of people are self-employed, etc. So it's, it's, it's been a, a really tough year for everyone, including the couples and the venues, and, and yeah, it's been hard. But yeah, we're all looking forward to, uh, fingers crossed, June the 21st when there's no restrictions and uh, everyone can party like it was, uh, you know, before COVID restrictions. Um, everyone's really, really looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing. And there are lots of positive things to the enforced changes to people's plans as well, because it's it's brought people into the headspace of thinking about things that they've maybe never considered before because life has changed in that way. And I think I think for this kind of thing, for a wedding, it's fascinating because knowing you well, Rachel, and having known you for a long time, you've been a real people person. I can imagine that a couple come and meet you and start talking to you about themselves and what they want. And I can imagine that's the real key bit to all of this. It's so personalized to the couple who are getting married in terms of what they want. And I would imagine that people get quite bought into the idea that actually a wedding, some types of wedding, you can feel very removed from what is actually going on and you're going through these things that you have to do. Whereas the type of wedding that you're talking about is very very individual yeah sure so when you have a civil ceremony which most couples believe is the, is the only thing that they can have if they're not wanting a religious ceremony uh, that's quite a, a standard ceremony and, and it can be uh, a kind of a fill in the gaps sort of a situation it's quite pressured it's it's a legal ceremony you know it's contractual what I offer, what a humanist ceremony offers, is a completely bespoke script. So I, for instance, 
meet my couples uh, probably on Zoom or something at the moment and tell them about what they could have, what they what what they like the idea of when we chat through some ideas. And then I arranged to meet them about two, three months before the wedding and ask them a, a zillion questions, scribble everything down, they say it, and then everything that they tell me is written into a completely bespoke script for them right the way through. It's, it's about them, it's about their love story, it's about how they met, how they what they love about each other, what drives them nuts about each other. You know, there's a little bit of humour that you can bring in. But they can also write their own vows, they can, or I can write them for them, based on what they're telling me they love about each other, what they want to promise each other. So it's, it's a very different, very relaxed, very meaningful ceremony. And we talk about, you know, if some couples have been together for years and years and years, and they've been through some real challenges together, and they want that story documented, or, and some couples are, are young and in love and they've got the whole life ahead of them they, you know they haven't been through any many challenges at the moment but they've got a lot of, of stuff that is meaningful to them and so everything gets written into the script we can include members of family and friends who've had impacts on their lives we can include various symbolic acts like unity candle ceremonies or hand fasting tying the knots or loving cups or we can borrow from traditions and cultures um it, yeah, so each one is completely different. And you're right, it's getting to know the celebrant. So with a, with a registrar, you don't get to choose your registrar. You don't know who's going to turn up on the day. With a celebrant, you get to choose your celebrant and you build a relationship with them. I, I still speak to couples who I've done weddings for a um, couple of years down the line uh, and, and I get to know when they're having babies and all sorts of things, you know, it's lovely and we talk about each other's cats and dogs and, you know, it's great, you develop a real relationship and you, you choose a celebrant because you like them, you connect with them and you're telling them your intimate stories, you're telling them things about your life that you've actually never really reflected on yourself, like why do you love someone? You're like, I don't know, I just do, I'll think about that, you know, why do you love them? And it's, it's a lovely, intimate, very close relationship that you build with someone. And you have to do your research. I mean, you have to ask those questions because you can't stand in front of all their friends and family or however many people it is at the, at the time of restrictions, but you can't stand in front of people who know them really well and not be authentic with that. You can't just pick up some words. You've got to know that stuff, haven't you? Yeah. Um, everything is scribbled down from that meeting and it's it's put in almost their words. So... Yes, we as celebrants have the skills to create a, a 30 or 40 minute script out of a three hour meeting. Um, but when I scribble down all the answers to the questions that I'm asking in the conversation, it's the couple's words. So that's reflected back in the script and you get their humour, you get their understanding of, of things, you get their views on life, etc, etc. So it's um it is very very personal and people come up to me afterwards and say wow you know how long have you known them that was really that was so them that was so them how long have you known them it's like a couple of months <laughs> and they go what yeah so yeah they're, they're brilliant well let's talk about funerals then because it obviously is different to weddings in that you don't have the luxury of, of well sometimes you do i guess you do you do get the chance to plan these things for yourself if you really want to but often often not and and the emotions are different and actually the the pandemic and, and what's happened with with how you would have a funeral has has been different it's not it's not something that you can put on hold it, you know it, it has to take place so how has your celebrant role how has that 
been affected by the by the pandemic and how has that been it's been a very very hard situation for anyone who's grieving at the moment anyone who's lost somebody uh, because obviously the restrictions on friends and family the numbers that are allowed to attend a funeral have been up and down you know not normally more than 20 or 30 maximum for the last year um, and then sometimes down to even less than that um, which is really hard on people because the funeral ceremony and the wake afterwards is a part of the grieving process it's when family and friends come together they swap stories they exchange happy memories and uh, that's all been stripped away so it's been a really really bad really hard year for people who are grieving um, not to have been able to have that so we've kind of done all sorts of things um, to try and alleviate that process so for instance using technology so I've been doing Zoom meetings, family meetings, to talk about planning a funeral ceremony for someone. And um, it gets people in the room together. And because they've had weeks and weeks, usually, of you know real trauma, not being able to go and visit their loved ones in hospital and not being so able to say goodbye, wondering what's gonna go on with the funeral, real times of stress, and that I've, I've been told that that moment where they get all their friends and family into a room and we talk about that person's life in a happy way. And, you know, obviously it's sad and there's tears and everything and, it, and it's awful. But you get to talk about happy memories and, and things that were good that you remember. And people smile and laugh and you, it's kind of a bit of a tonic. You need that. In, in a humanist funeral, your role then is similar to a wedding in that you're telling stories but this is what I suppose traditionally a funeral would have been a, a eulogy, I suppose. Yeah, humanist funeral ceremony is all about the story of that person's life. Um, we do include contributions from friends and family, so that can be in the form of uh, poetry or a song or music or a reading or, or words from the heart or friends and family can write their own eulogy if they like but a, a humanist celebrant generally will interview a family and some friends you know we don't have to do it all in one place we can make phone calls we can do zoom calls we can go meet people face to face in in houses and gardens when we're allowed to um and we concoct a, a ceremony which is reflective of that person, so it includes everything that they might have wanted to include, everything that the family and friends wanted to include about them, and it's a story of, of their life that includes all the things that they would have liked. And generally, there are more smiles than tears at a humanist funeral because they're celebrations of life, um, sometimes even in the worst of circumstances, um, they can be real celebrations of life. So, so the, the, there is some positive in it, in it being so warm and um, so focused on, on the person's life and a celebration of their life. Yeah, uh, we've seen quite a, a rise in filming of funerals as well. So a lot of funerals have gone out on webcasts or have been filmed and then edited and then sent out to friends and family as links afterwards. And that brings people in. I actually did a funeral ceremony where the, the son of the lady 
who had died was in Hong Kong and he couldn't come over for the for the funeral and he was the only child of, of that lady. And so we beamed him in to the funeral ceremony um, via AV um, equipment and he was speaking to people live, uh, as was his son um, and a, a friend of hers. We did a little FaceTime interview and she was able to be webcast to everybody watching around the world. That's so, sort of the theme, isn't it, of some of the lockdown stuff? You d- you can you, the next best thing to being there, and 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 we've seen it in every aspect of life, haven't we? But it's funny, isn't it? Because I mean, that must be the same at weddings as well as as well as funerals. Yeah, I think technology has, has had an amazing part to play actually since the COVID regulations have stopped funerals in particular, um, or traditional funerals. Um, it, it's been a huge help to people and also it, it, it's not something that you would have ever, ever thought of before filming a funeral but actually this kind of funeral where it's story led it documents somebody's life as well which is a really nice thing to um, to keep especially if it's got you know slideshow photographs over the top yeah, of it yeah and you encourage that with people you know yeah. to use photographs if they've got film to use all these things absolutely yeah yeah you know the the more um the more we can get that represents a person in our ceremonies the better so yeah mm. we're, we're all about uh you know absolutely telling as much of the story of that person's life and, and bringing their personality out and saying goodbye to them in a way that's meaningful and reflective of them something that they would have enjoyed and something that their family and friends would enjoy maybe not enjoy maybe that's the wrong word but um appreciate yeah yeah absolutely and uh, well you are right though there is there is something uh, there is something of a wakes are often you have a good time at a wake don't you i know that sounds silly but you you do because there's a sort of pressure valve has been released hasn't there after that point and and you're seeing lots of people you know who generally you're close to and things so they often there is something about them that there's enjoy maybe is the wrong word but they're, they're nice aren't they people get a lot from them and where where could you or, or where would you um have an option to, to have a funeral could, could that be anywhere as well then it can be anywhere, yeah. I mean, the first thing to do is to speak to your funeral director and ask for a humanist celebrant. Um, yeah. Often, if if you don't ask for a humanist celebrant, then then you're not specifically given a humanist celebrant. Um, so so that's the first thing to do, and then um, they can actually be held anywhere. You can have there's a range of options actually, which people are, are perhaps not aware about, because you go through all the motions of, of grief and death and the process and the funeral process in, in, a, in a quite a short period of time. And, and usually there's a very short period of time between when the person dies and saying goodbye to them mm. in a funeral ceremony. It's not long to have to think, oh, I've got to get everyone together, we've got mm. to do this, we've got to do that, what do I do? So if you're kind of armed with the knowledge that you can make it unique if you want to, you'd ask for a humanist celebrant, speak to your celebrant and say, what can we do to make this unique? I've had all sorts of things involved in, in my ceremonies. You know, we've had flasks of tea uh, and children writing messages on luggage tags that are then tied to the coffin that go off to the, the crematorium. And I've done funeral ceremonies in a marquee um, where everyone's gone out to the garden afterwards and, and hung a swing in the garden, which in memory of their mum who died. Um, 
passing stones around that you can take home with you to warm up and remember that. But it's all sorts of things mm. you can do to make it unique, and you can have it in a, in a hotel, in a in a pub. You can have it in your home. You can have it in your garden, in a marquee, uh, in you know, in a crematorium. But it's. I think the the majority of people think that with a non-religious funeral, you have to go to a, a crematorium and you have a 20 minute service certainly in Harrogate it's, it's 20 minutes or thereabouts at the moment and, and the timings are very very strict and that's quite a short period to get everybody in you get your music some mm. readings a whole life story and everyone out within 20 minutes mm. it's a really short time to cover somebody's life especially if you're having contributions from friends and family and there might be people so. listening to this who actually have done that but are now thinking they'd like some sort of maybe just they, they just want something else and so there could be something in that sort of celebration of life that that they go back to and look at certainly yeah you can you can have a memorial ceremony um at, at any time mm. um and also you can actually have a direct cremation which david bowie had which uh, is is a is when the coffin goes to the crematorium uh, and is cremated uh, and there's no service at the crematorium uh, you have your memorial service without the coffin there. So you have a funeral ceremony, but the coffin isn't there, which I'd, I've done a, a couple of those, and you know, they're, they're fantastic. That's what I would choose, I think, yeah. uh, at this moment. So there's, there's lots of options. You don't have to go down that, you know, 20 minutes in a crematorium chapel mm-hmm. um, with, with a, a, a non-religious funeral that's only 20 minutes long. You can, you can push the boat out. You can have a double slot at a crematorium, but you can also have it anywhere you like. You, know, you can have it somewhere that's meaningful to you and spend a little bit more time on it, and you, you can have a memorial service, as you've said. Well, it's been really, really interesting to hear a bit more. Thank you so much for your time. If anybody listening to this wants to find out a bit more, what's the best thing to do? Uh, well, if you're in Harrogate, um, give me a shout. Um, it's rachelmeyer.com for weddings and it's grandgoodbyes.com for funerals if you're anywhere other than Harrogate and you're listening in go to the find a celebrant map on the humanists UK site and it's a postcode driven search engine and there's a whole there's 400 of us I think in the UK at the moment in England and Wales uh, who are currently operating as celebrants and we're all raring to go The What's Hot Guide with DoorsDirect.co.uk For made-to-measure sliding wardrobe doors and interiors, visit DoorsDirect.co.uk I'm Ben Groom and this is another instalment of the Your Harrogate What's Hot Guide in which we look at one or two upcoming events in the Harrogate district. Now Bank Holiday Monday is a big day for Harrogate Town fans as the club head to Wembley Stadium to take on Concord Rangers in the FA Trophy Final, albeit behind closed doors. And if you're hoping to make a day of it, then the brand new TP on the straight at the Cedar Court Hotel is hosting the match on the big screen. It's tickets only, which are currently available on the Cedar Court website, but you basically turn up at three o'clock, you get a welcome drink, unlimited tapas, and then the match kicks off at five o'clock, and it will definitely be the place to be if the result does go town's way. If you'd like to submit your own events for the What's Hot Guide, head to the Your Harrogate website and click on the bit that says What's Hot. That's yourharrogate.co.uk. The What's Hot Guide with doorsdirect.co.uk. For made-to-measure sliding wardrobe doors and interiors, visit doorsdirect.co.uk. Well, thank you so much to Rachel. 
for being our special guest on the podcast today. And not only because she gave up so much of her time and was so interesting to talk to, but also for the fact that she was actually moving house on the day that we did that interview. And we actually, we sat on boxes and did the interview, but I really, really appreciate her giving us the time. And I hope you enjoyed listening to a bit of that as well. And thank you to all our guests this week. Steph Moon, of course, talking asparagus and barbecues. We had Mike Roberts from Ripon. We had Wayne from the Cedar Court TP as well. And we're going to have loads more for you next week on the Your Harrogate podcast, sponsored by Hacks. In the meantime, have a brilliant weekend. Keep listening to your Harrogate on the radio, online, on the app and on your smart speaker and stay safe.